here's how I parent, here's how I run my business. And they use those foundational things, whether they were stuff that was taught to them from their parents, or it was taught to them from a mentor, a coach, or what they take those things, and they use those as their kind of core foundation of values and beliefs. And whatever those are, what we think and believe, and what our core values are, have a lot to do with how we then parent. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, podcasters, if you're like me, you love hosting your show, but get discouraged by the time it takes to produce and market the final product. Turn to Podcast Media Machine, the number one solution for podcast design, production, content creation, and management. Visit podcastmediamachine.com. That's podcastmediamachine.com. Now back to our show. Hey, everybody. It's Scott. And just like every time I'm super excited for this guest, you know why I'm super excited for my guests is because I choose them. So if you don't like who I'm talking to, you can blame me. I'm getting picky on who gets to come in. And um, this one I'm, I am excited about because I got to know Sam a little bit about 10 years ago. And uh, we've been uh, uh, social media stalking each other since. And uh, so what's up, Sam? How you doing, man? Scott, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Do you notice? I'm doing great. Did you notice I didn't even try your bat, your last name this time? <laughs> I was like, he dodged it. He's he didn't want to have to go. So, but for the for the viewer or listener, it's, it's Velasquez, but not an easy one. So it's Velasquez. It's okay, Velasquez is easy. As soon as you say it, I could say it, but to repeat it back, like I can't yeah. grab it phonetically. Yeah. We were talking about like how all your uh your name got butchered through school, like forever. You're in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know like how common. Having like a Latino back name, I guess you would Latino. It's a Latino last name. So how would you say it's, it? Sure, yeah, Latin. It's Spanish. Um, it's, it's becoming more popular in the Pacific Northwest with all of the cultural norms these days. But uh, <laughs> I guess twenty years ago, not so much. Um, yeah, well, that's so. the we we have to put this in context. Yes, we, we're talking <laughs> yeah. we're talking a, a few years back, but we were we were yeah. looking at, uh, laughing about the the skit that has been around for a while with a substitute teacher that calls out for a Ron and all of the names. Um, and pretty much that's the life you lived, right? That is the life I lived mostly from an intercom. It was a classroom, but still, um, <laughs> but, but very butchered. <laughs> just so everybody could hear it, not just your class, but everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So we met, we were just we had this conversation guys we we were recording on another on another thing and the, the broadband wasn't working so we switched um we met 10 years ago maybe a few a few months before that and yeah. um and then i i have been kind of like following you the whole time I'm, I'm i'm an interesting person um i follow certain people i'm not the guy that's like always commenting on their content but there's just like this like this chunk of people i know I'm kind of watching their path, right? So in Oregon, and I'm not going to talk the whole time. I'm just getting started. No, you're but good. In, in Oregon, you're from Washington. I was in Oregon yeah. and we were in a similar direct sales company. So we were um, seeing each other quite often, but I started my CrossFit gym in 2014. And then you start, started your CrossFit gym in 2015. So I was watching from that angle. And then I've been watching over the years and I've been really interested in like what you're doing as well as like you have a, like you've made your backyard, I think, into like an event center. So I've been watching all the cool things going on. But um, 
yeah. So I don't know if that's any type of um, intro. <laughs> it's it's something it is an intro i mean it counts it all counts um i don't don't know who's grading us other than the world scott so it's fine it's just no big deal you know a couple thousand people (laughs) so there's always going to be a critic but um you know yeah no it it, that is an intro and we did we were we were chatting about it's funny you'd mentioned earlier not not in our second attempt at this podcast but in our first one about and i didn't realize that you guys were out, we had, you know, this is several years back, we'd gone on this kind of big group, kind of uh, camping trip, per mm-hmm. se. And it was off, it was out at the Donnelly's property, the Klickitat River. Oh, and right. um, I I was like, man, I, and I'm just trying to kind of backtrack in my mind about all the different people that were there. But that was like the first time they'd ever done something like that. So yeah, no, that why I I have remembered horrible that you were there. Observation was. Uh, hey, you're breaking up brain. a little bit. Why don't you shut off your, your video? There we go. All right. So, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I very specifically remember you guys at that event. And I think you were, sh- you had shared something that was kind of impactful to me. I, I don't remember, but it, it I remember it clearly. Does that make sense? I don't remember, but I remember it. <laughs> <Yeah. clearly. laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm doing awesome today. Um, yeah, so I, it's just kind of fun because it's very similar, like parallel paths, right? Like we were both in Advocare, which was a direct sales company. We were both kind of from the Pacific Northwest, different organizations, but we were kind of involved in the same kind of crowds. So we would go to these events and you guys would be there. And then you started the gym and I was kind of watching that CrossFit Atolo. Is it still CrossFit Atolo? We're, uh, we're just Atolo fitness now. Atolo. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. And uh, just for our listeners, where exactly is that? So Atolo fitness. So we are located in the lovely state of Washington. And so we're just right across the river from Portland, Oregon in Vancouver, Washington. That's where our, lovely gym Atala fitness is located yeah so y- you you really want to be associated with portland right now <laughs> yeah not a lot of options there um <laughs> no no not necessarily but um you know it'll yeah. it, maybe it'll come around yeah a lot a uh, lot of fun things happening in the in our neck of the woods yeah 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 so more on that later uh, <laughs> um so anyway i've been watching i've been seeing like this the 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 event center you basically built in your backyard. I want to talk about that and what you, what your, what your vision is there. And then you are talking about doing some coaching, which I was really excited about outside of the gym coaching outside of the gym. But what I'm really, really attracted to um, is the way you live your life and the way that you talk about your wife and uplift your wife. And those things really draw my attention. And so I'm hoping we can spend a little time there. You've been married for 14 years now. Yeah. Wow. Put me a uh, man on the spot. How long have we been married? We were just talking about, yeah, we're 14 years. So 2008, is that right? Math 2008, 12. I'm just going to say 14 sure. years. Yeah. So we're, we're in our 15th year of marriage is how I like to put it, but okay. yes. Yeah. 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 And, so. and just for the, the viewers, um, you have a few kids, you have, you have four ranging from 12 to four. That's a, that's a pretty big range. 
We have, yes, we, we fit the context of quiver. So we have a quiver full of children, I guess, <laughs> four of them. So, so there are arrows, but yeah, no, it, it is, it's awesome. I love being a dad. I love being a husband. Um, having four kids is any, anyone that's had, have, has ever had a kid or kids knows it is, it is both a blessing and a constant challenge and, mm-hmm. uh, of one's character. Um, so, but, but you, but you also, most people, I'm sure there's a few, but I'm talking about the, the how, do, how do I word this? But, but the person who really genuinely does want to be a good parent, like all of the, the things that aren't great, make it so worth it. I always say it's the, there's good days. And then I say there's lesser good days. So there's really never a bad day. Um, I know that's almost like some mumbo jumbo for like, you know, we, we do this sometimes we, 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 we can almost uh, affirm something or be too positive about yeah. something. So to say there's really not a bad day, I, I mean that in context. I just mean it helps me in, in regards to my children not see those days as bad days because they're just part of the process of childhood, parenting and all of it. So it's just less, lesser good days is what I like to say. I really like um, that. I really like that. I had a, I had a guest on probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago who said like, I'm really tired of people saying they're having a bad day. Now I know we're talking in the context of kids and I want to keep that going, but he's like, you can have bad moments, but that those moments don't have to define your day. And that really stuck with me. Cause I think in the totally. past I've been like, Oh, this day is ruined. That was horrible. It ruined my day. Well, guess what I just did. I just set myself up to have a horrible rest of the day, but um, keep going. I mean, four kids, you're literally kind of running the gamut right now, 12 kind of just getting into those preteen, obviously preteen years, which is always very interesting. And then four where they're fully still kind of rely reliant on you. Of course you have, you know, older kids to help, but um, yeah, I mean, let's keep talking about kids. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Kids. Yeah. I'll say this. I'll say this. We, we were just talking to a, a friend the other day who whose kids are younger and and uh, she was implying, man, I cannot wait to get to a place in my life where I can actually leave my kids home. And we just have gotten to that place with a 12 year old. You know, my, my son is the oldest and then my daughter's the second oldest, who's probably he, my son's very responsible, you know, when he needs to be he's amazing, actually. But inside there's a part of me that's like i totally rely on my oldest daughter like to really keep things together if necessary but (laughs) so with with the two of them and then a seven soon to be eight year old and a four soon to be five year old they can manage themselves they've got it figured out but we've we've kind of crested that hump and so i was telling this friend i i just felt this sense of pride well up like oh my gosh we're there and i don't want to be discouraging to the person listening, but I was so excited just to be like, I told, I totally know what you're talking about. And I can actually mm-hmm. say we've arrived. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a kid. Kids are, man, there's so much in the topic of children that we could talk about. And I, and I think that we're at a stage in life. And I think what's funny, I think about books that are written, you know, about parenting or children. And a lot of times we'll be like, you've probably heard this, but people will read a book about teenagers when they have four-year-olds and it's kind of like it it could be helpful I guess preemptive striking but it's really you know and every kid's so different so it's what what my point is we have a 12 to four-year-old 
And now at this stage of life, you know, where I'm looking at it thinking, wow, we've crested some big, you know, milestones. And, and then I'm also in a space in my brain as a parent, you know, for transparency, you're like, are we doing a good job? Are we, is this, are they going to turn out? Okay. You know, like, I feel like we've done everything generally. Okay. And of course we're, we're human. So there's a lot of air trial and error in there, but for the most part from a, I think a lot of it comes down to what are people's values and belief systems. A lot of that drives how we parent, how we do most things. And so I start to tend to get to the point where I'm thinking, okay, my 12 year old is probably acting exactly like a 12 year old should be, but the moments that are the lesser good days, if you will, Mm -hmm. I'm saying, Oh my gosh, am I, am I instilling the values and the principles and the belief systems that I want my children, the foundation Mm -hmm. that I want them to have. And, and I know they're going to be fine because I'm a grown adult with four children and a married man and somehow I made it right. And so, you know, I I know by the grace of God, they'll be fine, but that is just a real thought in the realm of parenting where we're at. Sometimes it's like, wow, this is a whole new world in one sense. Um, And it's easy to question it, but to your point, you know, we don't, we try not to let, and we're human, but we try not to let a bad moment determine the whole day. And that's a great way that how you put that into context or for us to, have perspective so yeah parenting is 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 fun um and i just i tell my kids i'm the best dad that they'll ever have um and i'm too that's such a but i'm the worst i'm the worst dad they'll ever have so that's the oh i haven't added that (laughs) yeah i it's humble but it's true you know it's like i'm the worst dad you're ever going to have too so because they're going to see things through their own filters at times. And that is really hard as a parent when you got to let your kids process something and you want to give them, you know, the answer or help guide and direct them. And then there's those moments where it's like, you know what, they kind of got to go through this. They're going to have to just fight through this without us being right there or without us. And, and that sometimes is tough because when they're in the process of learning, especially with the two older ones, they're looking at you almost as not the enemy, but, you know, literally not the enemy, but still in a way it's like, man, you are kind of a hindrance to all of my life's freedom and choices and what I really am thinking and feeling and I want, and you're just always a dad, you know, and, uh, and so um, it's a, it's a challenge, but I also remind my kids, I'm not, I'm not their friend. I'm not here to be their friend. Um, and, and I think that, for some people that can be very challenging, but um, my, my seven-year-old is probably the most feisty. She's, um, she, she's the one I would describe as she's the perfect scenario for like having a little bit of both genders almost. So she's like, she's definitely my daughter, but man, she's so tough and rough and loves to wrestle and just go at it. But she's also can be the most challenging, but she told me the other day, I don't remember what I was disagreeing with her on or telling her no maybe to something that she wanted but um but she's so bold and she just said dad she said dad you don't get it you're an adult she said you're not a kid like us Mm. you don't understand and I thought okay that's not completely true but then I had to I thought about it I think I am very far removed from being seven well I remember parts of being seven I don't remember a lot of that you know processing and making choices for myself or getting it, you know, I know it happened, but I just don't remember it that well. So I had to 
really think, well, from her perspective, she's really kind of believing that mm -hmm. um, instead of kind of brushing it off, which is easy to do. Uh, I think for, well, I won't say for most parents, I'll just say it's easy to do for me. Um, and as a dad, especially in a man where we, we can be a little less patient or I can be less patient at times and think, well, of course I understand. I'm a, you don't know what you're talking about, right? It's kind of where we go. So I, I guess I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but just, just to say one, every kid is so uniquely different. Um, and I think that's kind of the fun and the challenge at the same time is you have to actually, yeah, I, I'm a Bible believing person. So I, I, I kind of narrow it down pretty simply for myself is that I, I didn't create them. Like I didn't, they're just a temporary assignment for me. So I, I kind of look at it from the filter of, Hey, I just got to do the best that I can, but I put the rest of it in God's hands. Cause it's like, I've come to the conclusion. I don't have everything necessary to actually on my own anyways, raise a child. But with the help of, you know, the guy who did create them and, you know, a God who knows all and I don't, that, that just helps, you know, and I mean, and that can get real weird for people or sound religious or whatever it may be. But it's just it's just a core value and a foundation for us and our family, because there's times I look at my children and I just think, who are you? Like, what have you lost? Have you not been in our home for the last five years like you just feel you're in a whole different planet um but it's a good thing it's a it's a and the reality is they're not i'm actually just having to get in tune with their like who they are mm -hmm. right and that's i don't necessarily fully know that but i trust that god knows and that's my job is to try to figure that out with him and then make sure that i'm you know both bringing healthy correction and in, in both in love, but and guiding them in that direction, whatever it is their gifts and talents and desires are, um, without getting in, in, without interfering as a dad too much, but yet being fully present and being fully dad and being the best dad and the worst dad, because that sounds bad, but the reality is, is I'm going to fail them, and when I'm failing them, of course, in their perception, you're the worst dad. You know when you're when they're getting everything they want and things are clicking, you're the best dad. So it's, it's, it's not even rel relative to you. It's just, it's based on their perception. And so not, not to say that we don't have moments because I, I do where it's like, yeah, you know what? That was totally, that was totally me. I, I am the worst dad. I take full ownership of that moment. And uh, you know, then you got to apologize after forgiveness and move on. But yeah. Well, so let, let me talk about something here. I mean, there's, I wrote so many points down here. First of all, I think there is a ton of freedom in what you said around being, I am going to be, I am your best dad you'll ever have and I'm the worst dad you ever had. I think a lot of men struggle when they mess up. And something that I'm incredibly passionate about is talking through your errors, your mistakes, your failures with your kids in real time or as real time as possible for multiple reasons. But as a father, when I mess up, one of the practices that it's really hard to do, but it's really important to do is when the time is right, go back and say, hey, I was not acting in accordance with my values, my beliefs. I was out of line. Please forgive me. Um, you know, I want you to understand that I'm human and I do my best, but I still fall short. And I think this conversation of I'll, I'm going to I am your best dad. I am your also will be your worst dad is very freeing. 
so many guys have so much weight on themselves to perform for their kids. And I know this because they interact in the group and there's been comments and, you know, I really messed up. Did I ruin everything? And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. So that is a new one for me. And I've been talking to guys for almost three years on this podcast, hundreds and hundreds of conversations. And that's a new one for me. And I really like that perspective. Um, another thing you talk about is the foundation and, and reading a book and getting the tips and man, there's a lot of really great books out there, but don't you believe Sam, that the best thing that we can do is be an example of that, the best foundation possible, according to our values, live them out, speak them out, model them and, and just show those to our kids rather than just preach at them. What is your, what is your thought about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's such a great question. Um, and you know, I, I, I would, I would agree at this point, a hundred percent be, be from just experience thus far, you know, I I'm 40 years old. So I like to look at it from, uh, you know, because you're right, there's so much out there, we could read books, we could get tips. And those things are good. And sometimes they're very necessary, because we we need some sort of supplementary help, or mm -hmm. guidance or encouragement or whatever it may be. But, you know, and I, I, I'm someone who grew up, I, I grew up with a church background, I grew up with those, you know, that that being the kind of foundation for me. Um, but ultimately, I still had to choose what my values and beliefs were going to be. Um, and and when, when you make that decision, and, and I believe that, because you know, a lot of times we, we look at, we create a lot of separation really fast, um, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And what I mean by that is, let's just say you, I grew up in the church and you didn't grow up in the church. And so immediately, or I shouldn't say immediately, but often probably we're too quick to make this assumption that, well, because you didn't grow up in church, you probably don't have any healthy beliefs, values, or whatever. And and what we're ignorantly saying is because you don't believe exactly what I believe, then you probably don't, you need a foundation. And, and I know what we're trying to say, but the reality is whether you believe God exists or not, and I don't want to open that door because that's its own subject in a way, but I'm using it to just preface this is I believe most people on the face of the planet have a moral compass and they have the ability to reason. They have the ability to say, here's what I believe and here's how I parent. Here's how I run my business. Here's how I run. Right. And they, they use those foundational things, whether they were stuff that was taught to them from their parents or it was taught to them from a mentor, a coach or what they take those things and they, and they use those as their kind of core mm -hmm. foundation of values and beliefs. And whatever those are, those would tend to drive then the decisions and actions we make. And so, so yeah, I, I believe that a hundred percent of what we, what we think and believe and what our core values are have a lot to do with how we then parent. So, and that's such a great question because then I have to start asking myself, what are some things that maybe I've adopted that not, and it's not about right or wrong, but maybe they weren't, they're not as great of a core value that aligns with my, you know, actual beliefs. Um, Cause I think that a core value doesn't necessarily mean it's the core of what you believe. It's just something you value. And it, it gets real sticky and there's so much to break down there. So 
Um, I don't even know if that makes sense, but I, because um, remind me, I'm like, gosh, how did Scott word that actual question? Is is what we believe um, have to do with how we parent? Is that yeah. how you're saying that? Yeah, that and and speaking it and preaching it, and as opposed yes. to the modeling, walking it out. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I, walking it out. I'll tell you the context of this because so. So God as a foundation in the home has been probably the subject of like the last four episodes hmm. uh, that I've recorded. Now that won't sure. be in the, the order that people are hearing these. And like, it's just, again, I'm choosing who I want to talk to. And that seems to be the common theme, which obviously has alignment with my values. But um, I kind of, I guess I, you could say I mentor a gentleman in the um, parenting coaching space. And we we're talking the other day and he's like, how like he, he has smaller kids and minor, minor, both teenagers. One's 18, one's 14. He's like, how do I introduce prayer? How do I make sure I'm doing all these things? And the conversation kind of just came around like, look, model it so well that even if they stray from it, they'll come back because they've seen the fruits of your, your labor and your practices. And it's almost just that uh, for me, I'm going to tell you what my answer is. It all has to do with a foundation. I can preach all day long, but unless that what I'm saying matches the action, they almost don't even have to talk about it. In other words, like the natural conversation we have is just natural and flowing. And it's not like I'm preaching. And I think that's kind of where I was like, I don't know what I was trying to get out of it. But, but for me, I believe that like by living the way I believe, according to my values, according to my belief, according to my foundation, and as every listener knows now in Christ, this is how I decide on how I'm going to respond to situations, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to speak, how I'm going to move forward, how I'm going to see failure, how I'm going to see wins, how I'm going to see um, wealth. Like all those things are based on this foundation. And I've been at the place, I'm at a place where I've watched my boys come up and go through these ebb and flows. And I think well, there's no book out there. There's books that would help me with specific things, but there's no book out there that just said, man, love God, love your wife and just be the model you need to be. And I'm looking at this going, it works. It, I mean, maybe there's a book out there, but it just works. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I no, that man, that's it's it's so it's so good, um, man. So much to process in all of that and what you're saying, and and all good things too. And and yeah, so to just kind of finish really answering your question because I kind of went off a little bit. Oh, I like um, it. Don't worry about and, that. <laughs> no, but still, because it's such a good question. And especially for the listener, you know, and, and a, even for myself and just a reminder, right, because at the, at the end of the day, right, we can be on these podcasts, we can be on whatever it is we're doing, social media, different, different platforms and in different arenas. But at the end of the day, we're, we're just, I, I don't mean it as if like a minimizing, I just mean, but we are first and foremost, we are husbands and fathers, and maybe not everyone's a husband and not everyone's a father. Um, but you're maybe a father figure to someone, or maybe you, um, you know, hopefully you're not a husband to someone that you're not married to necessarily, but you know what I'm saying is yeah. we're, we're first husbands and fathers. And, and we 
there's so much. I, I want to answer the question because you were talking about mentoring someone and you're talking about you're talking about modeling it, right? We and we tend to be very good at saying what needs to be done or talking about what needs to happen, especially with children. And yet somehow we I don't want to say we fail, but we unrecognizably don't model as much as we probably need to. But I was thinking when you were bringing that up, because kids, kids are so funny sometimes, and it, it came to me in such a kind of a funny way. But it's like when you watch a movie. So my, my kids, you know, they'll, they'll come and say, Dad, what were, what were movies you watched when you were a kid? And so, you know, I'm like trying to think of movies we watched that one would be healthy and appropriate. But I, it's been a few years now. But I remember when I introduced them to The Sandlot. And if you haven't seen The Sandlot, um, I don't even, I, I would consider you un-American. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't mean that, but <laughs> well, I, don't mean close. It, I don't mean it. I don't mean it fully, but I mean it as close to full as I can. Um, <laughs> but, but I remember introducing that movie. And of course, there's so many great one-liners in that. And you just got to go watch it if you haven't seen it. But there's so many things to take out of it. And the funny thing is, they, they, miss so many quality good ones and they remember all the silly ones right and but it but it reminded and the reason i'm saying this is like the one thing you don't want them to get you're like they hear it or see it once and they get it and then it's on repeat in the house and it's like becomes this joke and all the things and it's great and that's good family fun but my point is this if if as fathers and husbands even right if i'm wanting my my children to Let's just say I want them to model prayer. I want them to understand that prayer is a means of communicating to God. And, and I'm just talking to them about it. I have to remember modeling it doesn't mean that I have to make sure I'm setting an alarm clock or I'm positioning myself to pray where my kids can see me all the time. Because just like a video where they grab one thing and somehow it sticks with them, we have to trust, and this is really hard for, I think, men and, and, and husbands and fathers, you know, especially, it, it's hard for us to trust that they're going to get it because we want to know the outcome. We want to know that it's having an impact. We want to know that it's, you know, producing fruit now. And so it's really hard to believe that, you know what, if I just show up, not perfectly, to just, just honestly and transparently, maybe not every day, but, you know, if I take time, and here's an example, instead of just talking about, about what it could look like, here's an example of something we do. And there's no schedule to this. We, we don't have like a, hey, we need to make sure at this time. But there will be times my wife and I will, we try to practice praying for each other and for the things in our day. That's it. We, we like, because we've caught ourselves praying for things that are like two weeks down the road, a month down the road, next year, what's happening in the next five years? And I'm not against that. Right. There's nothing wrong with praying for those things. But but because I just need to be able to focus on today. So we will embrace each other almost as if like we're hugging. We don't try to pray loud so our children hear us, but we pray in a normal voice for each other, for our day. And then just whatever it is God wants to do. You know, we keep it very simple. But am I seeing my kids coming to me and embracing and wanting to pray? No, but I'm trusting that. These things they will see, and I'm all, and I'm trusting that 
here's here's what we have to think about and, and you've talked about this and i know i know you enjoy the idea of the long game we got to look at ourselves now as men i think man what did my mom do or my dad my parents divorced when i was pretty young but what did my, so for me it was mostly my mom but what did my mom model or maybe what did what did men in my life my uncles particularly model that now as a grown man i find value in this episode is brought to you by dapper guru Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code brotherhood, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products. You should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go place an order, place a small order, check it out. Uh, and you will know why we use these products. And we can say, well, well, yeah, you're grown now, but you know what? That's that's kind of when I really want them to understand the value is when mm. they're husbands, when they're fathers, their teenage years and all that stuff in between where we want everything perfect, man, they're still learning. Think about all the things we've gone through and all the things we've had to process, good and bad, good decisions, bad decisions, great outcomes, not good outcomes. And a lot of them were predicated on our own decisions and what we thought our values were or what we tried to live a standard, all those things matter, right? And of course, we want to help them avoid pitfalls early. But if I'm only concerned about getting them, like I'm just preaching at them so much instead of trusting, man, okay, God, you got this, right? If we're going to base this on the foundation of both of us having a similar, uh, you know, we, we, we believe in God and we want to have a Christ-centered life. So, but, but even still, it, let's say you don't because it can still be applicable to any one listener, whatever it is you do want your children to model or do you like, like you're saying, Scott, we've got to model it as fathers and not beat ourselves up when we're not. Or if we see something, and this is the challenge I find personally, there's so much to look at and to listen to that while it's good information, it can create a battle for me to have to fight in my own mindset about where I might be at in that process. And so if all I'm listening to is motivational speakers, let's just say, for example, like it's all going to be good context and all things that are driving, right. That are, but it could also be a challenge because I'm thinking, man, I'm so far from that or, Oh, wow, I'm not doing that. And what's funny is we become so focused on the worst dad moments. And we forget that we're also their best dad. Like th the things that I'm saving my kids from. We, this is no like pedestal moment by any stretch. But I, I'm even asking myself in transparency, man, God, how long will I do this? And I think, why does that matter, Sam? Just do it as long as you can. But for the most part, since, and I've missed some days because I've been out of town and all of that. So I'm not, it's not a perfect record. But for the most part, since my oldest has been born, we have always gone into their rooms and said goodnight to them. Every mm -hmm. single kid for the last you know, 12 years. And of course, we've missed a lot of beats, but 
because of circumstances being out of town, not because we didn't want to. So, and, um, and there's been times where I've just either been tired or exhausted or whatever. And my wife's, you know, graciously reminded me, Hey, you need to go say goodnight. And, and sometimes it's not that I didn't want to, I just wasn't thinking about it, but, um, but that's a simple thing where I think, man, I hope my sons, especially as fathers will, will one day recognize that, wow, our dad came up every single night, essentially, and said goodnight. And, you know, encouraged them. Every night's different. You know, we don't have a routine like we pray and we no. Like sometimes we pray. Sometimes I remember for a long season, my youngest son wanted to sing the same song, uh, The Blessing by Carrie Job. He wanted to hear that, play it. That was his thing. I mean, it was like he had an addiction. It was bad. Um, it was like <laughs> I couldn't put him to sleep without that song. It was crazy. But we just that's what we did. And it's not about, hey, get a song and play it for your children. It's about look, listen, feel maybe. I don't know if that's a great analogy, but like to what it is they're wanting and then model that to them. Because at the end of the day, and I, man, you said it well, and I'm not going to say it the way you said it because I can't remember how exactly you said it, but you basically just said, you, you were talking about the context of just, there's not a lot of books out there. Just be a dad who loves well in the home per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we get so outside of the home. I'm so guilty of this. We get so outside of the home. But I, I believe 100% at the end of the day, I have one thing that should be at the forefront of my brain all the time. And that is the four walls of my home. My marriage comes first and parenting comes second. So if there's one take home for us men, take that to the bank. We we try to model this, and I try to preach it at the same time. I ain't gonna lie. I I, I do preach this one because I want I do, my kids I do to too. know. I will tell you, I do too. I'm very intentional about that message. <laughs> I, I I preached. I said, you you. I will be with mom forever. You guys are temporary assignments, and um, and so are we. We're far from perfect at that, and there's tons of you know, not you know, lesser good moments, but. But we're both on the same page about that. And so as a husband, so context, as husbands and fathers, my number one responsibility for me, first and foremost, is to God. And then second is to my wife and my children. And so and that is the home. And, and that's why it's so challenging, I think, right now, Scott, is we we live. I mean, you can't be alive in, t- in today's time and not look out there and say, wow, this is interesting. This is and that's a very modest word. But at the same time, I would encourage all of us, it's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. These things have happened before. They're just more amplified and easier for us to see. So we're stimulated at a rate that is far beyond what it used to be. And so we've been working personally in our home as of very recently to really get intentional about weeding out as much as we can. That's Mm -hmm. unnecessary, not because it's bad. But because it's unnecessary, that's that's the thing we got to recognize. Is it is it because it's bad or is it because it's unnecessary? If it's bad, of course, get rid of it. But if it's good, we got to really say, okay. but is it necessary or is my attention to be focused on that? And so we're really trying to narrow those things, not because we want to be a a family that stays in the four walls and we're hermits, but because we want to be make sure that we're doing we're doing what we're asking people to do outside of the home, let's just say. If I can't do it in the home, I'm not going to do it out there. 
I'm, I'm big on encouragement. I love, I love the idea of encouraging people and just, it could be a complete stranger, but especially the people, you know, we should be encouraging them and that can be tough sometimes, but I always say this, I'm, I'm only going to encourage people outside of my home as good as I can encourage my wife in it. Mm. And that helps me. And I'm not saying, Hey, write that down, take it to the bank and make that your mantra. That helps me stay accountable to being a model of what it is. I'm, I say, I love doing when I'm out there. Right. So if I'm, you know, a coach in the, in the gym or I'm coaching individuals outside the gym or right. I can encourage them to the heavens. Right. And that sometimes is really easy to do, but if I'm not modeling that or doing it in the home, I'm not saying we're failures, but I'm saying we may have some things out of alignment in regards to our core beliefs and values. And so I always have to go back to the, like we're talking about the foundation and the foundation's always, you know, faith, God first, family second, and then all the other things. Right. And, and then within the family, it breaks down more. And that's what we are kind of, you know, alluding to in regards to the message we do preach and, and is to my children. I let them know mom, mom is always first in the sense of, you know, a, the healthy perspective and context we're putting that, but, and then the kids. And so, yeah. you know, and, and that's just so important, but anyhow, I, Oh, dude, just chatting off now. I love it. I want to, I want to put a big old, like, uh, like pin, pin this idea, guys, pin this thought, women, everyone who's listening to this, the way that Sam, you just compared, like you're, you're almost looking at your life inside your walls and your life outside my, your walls. And this really stuck with me is compare. You said it so eloquently and I'm trying to swing back to this, but basically the big question is, is when you're at work, gentlemen, or women, when you're out with your girlfriends or you're at work, are you being more attentive to your coworkers and your friends than you are when you're sitting face to face with your wife? When you're in a meeting at work, are you looking on social media and doing things or are you tuned in and paying attention because you know that's an important thing and you have to perform? Well, guess what? That should be the very lowest quality of attention you pay, you pay to your spouse, your wife, your husband, whatever it might be. That was that was so powerful to me, Sam, because you know I'll sit here on a podcast and it's something I've been working on because I talk about being intentional. I'll sit here on a podcast and one of the things I do when I'm on a podcast, and not everyone does this, and you can always tell when they're not, is I turn off all notifications on my computer, on my phone. It's no judgment to anybody. But I, I like, even we're not on video, I'm still staring at the Zoom window because I don't want any distractions. I want to be tuned into exactly what you're saying. And I want to have a conversation that's conducive to moving forward and, and understanding each other and being able to carry it on. If I were to grade myself on my podcast conversations with a couple of my wife conversations today, I would have failed. And I think if we all kind of looked at ourselves and like, where do I really pay attention to people? Wow, that's really screwed up. And I'm going to give myself grace because I actually have been working on this because business has been really crazy. So again, all these things are coming through the phone. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot. I got to check something and I flip it over and look real quick and put it down. Still not something I do on a podcast. Uh, so if I'm feeling convicted about this and I'm working super intentionally hard about it, I have a feeling that it's a very common thing that that guys really need to use as an audit a self-audit women too 
how am I treating my spouse uh, in in um, in relation to how I'm treating other people in other situations? How much attention am I paying? And I also wanted to talk, take it like you and I, you know, Sam, you know, you and I are in very, very much in alignment with our belief and our foundations and based on Christ and every listener who's listened to more than one podcast knows that about me. But let's put it into a situation which you will be in in a situation which I am in, and that's fitness. My wife and I are incredibly consistent on eating right and working out like ridiculously consistent. And now we've learned to talk about nutrition, not in a way that's condemning, but like, Hey, you know, I don't eat sugar and here's why. And then when, if I do eat sugar, I'm like, Hey, you guys notice how grumpy I was. Did you see that? That's because blah, blah, blah. We talk it out. But our 18 year old has never been like really physically involved in things. He liked doing sports in middle school, but working out, he hated, he just did not like it. And our 13 year old will work out. He works out every morning at 5 50 AM. And then he goes to school and does all the crazy stuff he does. And he doesn't get home till like six 30, but, and that's on him. He, do, I, I do not, I taught him how to, I do not, did not tell him to be up at five 50 and work out. He, that's his schedule. My 18 year old recently, because we are consistent and we believe in this foundation of health and fitness, he is now incredibly tuned in. He is on a pretty crazy workout schedule and his nutrition. I mean, he is experimenting. He is doing all this stuff without us telling him what to do. We are just there to support him when he asks questions. And it's been such an amazing thing to watch because this is so far from where he's ever gone before. It's so opposite of what he's done before. And I think this is so this is taking the Christ out of it and saying, Hey, the foundation of fitness and health. If you just do what you know to do, that's right. Your kids may not do it for many years, but my guess is, is that they will come around and that's where they will land. And so if you're living by your values and you're very clear about those values, you don't have to shove them down anybody's throat, but you just show consistency I think you're going to have some pretty amazing adults as they come up through age. So two points I wanted to talk about is one, I, I really like your analogy to how you're treating your wife and um, what's going on in the four walls. And then bring that away from Christ for people who may be turned off by that. That's still applicable in so many areas of life. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, that's yes. So it's totally. And that's why, I, you know, earlier, I was stating maybe not so well, but just again, whether you do or you don't, right? You you may not have a similar Christ-centered lifestyle, and that may not be something that's important to you. But again, I, I believe everyone has general core values and principles and things that they mm -hmm. try to live by. And I, you know, you you kind of triggered something in my mind when sharing it with that with your son. You know, one thing too for us as men, right? Because we can have all of the tools. We can know exactly what to do sometimes, you know, whether that's through someone helping us and or someone's modeled it well, right? We can we can have it all laid out. But the word that came to mind was desire. If I don't have the desire though to do it, even if it's going to produce 
results that are beneficial and positive, right? Because we can, we can, in our mind's eye, kind of play that game. But if I don't have the desire, it, it, it really won't matter. And that's what's tough sometimes. And so I'm, I'm bringing that into the picture because my encouragement to us is, you know, because you, you were using the example of outside of the home, what, what are our actions like, you know, in, in the, on your podcast in in the meeting with your boss, you know, mm. uh, in the meeting with, you know, whoever. But if, if I think, if I agree, let's just say, yeah, man, Scott, that's a, yes, you're right. Like, okay, I can relate to that. I'm, I'm spending this time with you quality time, which is awesome. And, and so amazing. And then I'm just telling myself, oh yeah, I should, I should probably be better with my wife or give her the same attention. But if I'm just saying it without taking a moment to think about, do I really desire it? And the reason I'm bringing that up is I want to be, I want to be transparent about it because there's been times where I've had to recognize that, oh crap, I, I don't have, I, I want to have the desire, but I'm, I realized after the fact, when it's too late, and again, I'm not beating myself up. It's just recognizing I didn't have the desire. I, I didn't have the desire, not because I wanted to not have it. I just didn't have it or I wasn't practicing the intention to learn how to have the desire. And so a lot of times we can know what to do, be shown what to do, and then still have a really hard time doing it. And I don't want to say that it's okay to not work towards that. But if, if you're in that position, because I've been there and I'm there still at times, it's, it's okay in the sense that at least you're recognizing it, right? If you recognize that, that's, to me, that's like part of the battle for sure. And it's a huge part because if we don't recognize that I don't have the desire to, whether spend quality time with my wife or speak to her in the same way I speak to a client in the gym or to, you know, take time, quality time with my children in the same way that I spend quality time at the gym with clients and people they know, right? So they're seeing that a ton Mm -hmm. Um, and not be able to come back and recognize that I don't have the same desire, then I need to step back and say, hmm, why don't I have that desire? And I probably should. And then the question is, well, Sam, how do I how do I get desire? Do I just buy it online? Does it, you know, where does it come from? How do I, how do I conjure up desire? And I, I truthfully don't have an answer for you because I don't think there's one answer to that. I would just say, if you recognize you don't maybe have that desire, then start asking your own self, why, why is it that I don't, or, or did I at one point and now I don't? Um, because I'll, I'll wrap it up this way. At least this part of this is I had to step back at times, look at my wife and yes, appreciate her for all the easy, obvious things, but then go to this place where I could see her through a filter and a lens where it's like, wow, like I, I, I possibly could not live on this planet without you. And so when I really started to look at it from a sense of, yes, I'm the head of the household. Yes. I, I'm like, I, I want to be there for her and all the things, but to have this deep desire to want to give her my best, like my full attention. I love how you put it, right? Turning all the things off, all the distractions. Um, and we both don't do this perfectly, but the desire 
is growing because I'm it's I think it's growing more to be honest guys it's growing more now because of my recognition of where I wasn't having the desire mm -hmm. and so the byproduct is now I'm like man I want to and and for all the guys out there because you said something earlier and I, and I didn't want to miss this point like I'm not saying it's a formula so how your wife is going to respond or your significant other whoever that may be as husbands and fathers I can tell you this because of my intention and because of my, you know, desire to want to be closer to my wife in every element, right. On all levels, she's become more quick to shove me into moments like this because she knows it's my desire because I'm giving her my attention. And when I am, I'm expressing and we're open communicating our desires and, encouraging each other and, you know, and fighting at times healthily, right? Because we, to me, that's a good thing. That's part of confronting things that aren't easy. But in that, because we're doing it, she is so much quicker to say, no, you need to do that because I know that that is a desire of yours and it's important to you. And that's what her desire is, is that now she's like pushing and, you know, pulling me towards things or, directions that I really want to go, but I don't want to do it at, at, at the rate that I'm compromising family. And so she's working with me now on this. Whereas in the past, we would probably work more individually away from each other and not, and then have nothing left for the other one, or it would be minimal and we'd almost be okay with it. And that was probably even worse, but I don't know if that makes sense, but we, we got to have the desire to want to have not the perfect marriage, Okay, but but a more foundational relationship with our spouses and with our children. And again, that will be driven by whatever it is you believe in your core values. But what whatever those are, it's okay to go out and conquer and to do all the things. And um, yeah, gosh, this is the other one that you triggered in me is that we're we're geared in a culture right now where performance is like king um, and applauded and rewarded. And I'm not saying that you can't go perform, but if I'm performing at the expense of right quality time in the home or my four walls and getting all the accolades or whatever it may be, then I have to, I have to have a hard gut check. I have to say, Hmm, okay. And, and I can't justify that they're good things, right? I mean, I, listen, men, it's not good enough just to say, well, the, they're good things. There, there's nothing good enough that's going to be worth it to exclude, neglect, or forego having a quality foundation in the four walls of your home. And that, cause that will produce, produce so much more than anything could give you in our jobs. And, and for me in the gym with clients and coaching and all the things, so those are great. Right. And I, I believe that those desires are there because it's part of who you were made to be your talents, your giftings, Right. Those are good things, but we just want to make sure we're not going after them at a rate where we're, like I said, we're neglecting the family. And right now we have a culture and a society that's pretty loudly stating, yeah, like do whatever it takes. Um, but they're not considering your family. I can guarantee you that um, the general status of culture from a worldly standpoint is not, not considering that or caring about the fallout. They're, they're willing to risk that because it's, they have no responsibility to that. That's yours. That's ours as men and husbands. And we have to assume that responsibility. And we got to be willing to step back 
and maybe step out of some things and then go through some stuff and then get back into that in a more healthier place. Um, if that makes any sense. Makes a lot of sense. There's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to follow up because there's, uh, this understanding and maybe I'm off a little bit here, but understanding that all those outside influences and all the things kind of going on now, right now are not for your family. They do not care about your family and you have to take wholehearted responsibility that you'll fall in, or because if you don't, you'll fall into a pattern in which conforms a little bit to what society is kind of pushing right now, which is not for family unity. It's not for family um, collectiveness and, um, you know, the, the, that home is not important. What is important is that we understand that and we protect it with all we've got. I really, really resonate and am kind of hanging on to this thing about looking at why don't I want why why am I wanting to spend more time with my clients or more or better attention on my clients than on my spouse? That's such an incredible good incredibly good question to ask. And it's a really good question to ask in the kind in the confines of sound mind because in today's society, we can tend to be told that if that person is not making me happy, I can simply just move on. Yeah. If, if that person isn't doing the things that are making me want to be with them, I can just like, hey, I'm going to take option B, option A is not working. Or I'm going to stick here in option A, but life is going to be miserable because I'm not going to take any responsibility for this. And everybody knows how I feel about that. It's the 100% principle. 100% of your marriage really falls on how you are. That's your percentage. You are 100% responsible for making sure that your marriage is solid, making sure that you're doing everything you can. It's not happy wife, happy life. It's I'm serving my commitments and my wife is my commitment. And if you don't feel that way, it's time to take a look inside and, and re realign yourself understand what's going on and and maybe close out what society is trying to tell you in fact i'm saying yes close out what current society is trying to tell you of like look if you're not happy it's better just to move on the grass is greener we all know that to be incredibly untrue there's just so much to unpack there but i think even on a like a, a micro level for every man we're gonna have ebb and flow and women too we're gonna have ebb and flow where you know my spouse my wife is like the everything to me. Like I am so dialed in and tuned into her. I've been married on her 27th year. I'm so dialed in and tuned in and everything. I'm, I am on point. I'm serving. I'm listening wholeheartedly. I'm supporting. I'm not just the answer man. I'm, I'm actually asking her, what would you like right now? Would you like me to support you? Would you like me to give you solutions? How would you? And then there's times where I'm just being a complete jackass, if you will. Like I just, and <laughs> it's just so good to think about like what, 
why, why? And to go back to that core of what is going on inside of me where I am not desi desiring at the same level. Because just asking that question inside of this podcast, I have an amazing relationship my, with my wife. And we're in a very good place. But I'm already questioning myself like, ooh, I might be a little less enthusiastic about it. In fact, I am a little less enthusiastic about it right now. I need to look at see why that is, because that's something I want to get back to, because it's a fun way to live life. It's I, I equate it to guys like, remember when you first started dating, you really realized that that woman was the woman. It's That's how you should feel all the time. Like that pursuit that I want to be the very, very best version of myself that I am. So she sees me for who I really am and can be. Like that's the feeling we got to hook into and latch onto all the time. Because I guarantee you during that time, you weren't staring at your phone. I'm too old to have had a phone, but you know, you're not like having a conversation scrolling through social media while she's talking to you. All right. I'll step yeah. on the pedestal. There. No, no, it's no, man. No, it's so good. I mean, and yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I agree a hundred percent. It is, you know, and it's, it is a constant. It's, you know, for, for, for someone listening to, cause you're, you're talking about 27 years. Congratulations, by the way, that's, I think it's phenomenal. I think that in the context of not to, not to open up the specific marriage portal of like, yeah, but it, it you, you can't have this. It's almost like impossible to have this conversation. And, and, and at, at least for me, right. To, to think and have this thought go through my brain and then not say it is just an injustice to anyone who's listening, because I think this could be encouraging because it doesn't matter. Well, Unless you're from out of country, let's just say, I don't, do you have out of country listeners, Scott? Not maybe? so much. Not, not, not no. yet. No. Um, but, but, you know, culturally this could change, but at least in America, in all 50 states, to my understanding, and I could be wrong, but when we get married, we have a lot of variety within a, a marriage wedding celebration, but some of the foundational things, because we're talking about foundation, we're talking about core beliefs and whatever, but when you get married, Right. It's it's almost like we've forgotten because you talked about this briefly when you were mentioning this. We we've become accustomed to letting culture maybe have too much influence influence on us in a way where it tells us, hey, if you don't like that person or if things aren't working out, just just cut ties and move on. And in a marriage, though, right, you're under contract. There's a lot going on. This this has nothing to do with whether you do or don't believe in God. These are just the flat out facts right? You're, you're in a covenant contractual relationship. And we forget the little things in there, like the whole tell death do us part through in sickness and in health, right? And for yeah. better or worse. And it, it's not like a this, this, you better not screw up. It's almost like a preemptive, by the way, there's gonna be times where she's sick, and you're not, you're sick, and she's not, there's gonna be like I like to say, the lesser good days and the good days, right? The better or the worse. There's going to be, you know, um, what one am I missing? Till death do us part, you know? So I'm making a commitment that no matter what, and this is where the desire comes in. Do we have that desire? And you can, whether you're married or not, because not everyone on here is married necessarily, but you can use this kind of as a backdrop to create the desire to go at something with these things in mind. Am, am I going to commit? And am I going to be fully committed? The 100% part you're talking about, fully agree with. 
<clears throat> we talk about compromise and all that so much that it's like it's a compromise. I'm like, no, I don't know. Uh, no, it's not. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it's become so accustomed to what we hear and see often in in culture and society. So th- there there is no alternative unless you give yourself permission to create one. And that's how I'm looking at the four walls. It's how I'm looking at the marriage. Um, I understand divorce happens. I come from a divorced family. My parents divorced. I I get that. So there's no condemnation. There's no shame in this. I'm not trying to guilt people who've been through these things for different reasons and circumstances, you know, and I'm sorry that happened. But for the person who's not going through that, who's maybe having a lot of thoughts where we, when we waver, man, we're, we're human, right? We're, we're so far from perfect that raise your level of desire by just telling yourself, I'm fully responsible. Like Scott said, I'm, I'm the one who's a hundred percent responsible for how my marriage is going to go. Um, and hopefully, right. And I don't mean this in a sense of she better be, I just mean, because I trust my wife is doing the same thing. How dynamite would it be? Cause then it becomes a contest of one upping each other. How can I better serve you? How can I, and, and it's genuine and it's fun. I love what you're saying about kind of reminiscing on when you first dated and those things, right? We lose sight of those things so easy. I'm super guilty of that, not just in the context of marriage, but so many things. And so it's regaining this sense of like enjoyment. And I think that right now for men, there's this, there's such an attack on family, masculinity, and we're told to perform, do better. There's so much I I believe men can relate to. And I I think if in all of this, I'm just thinking really, and I'm feeling this sense of like, you know, guys, if we can just re-embrace and adopt some joy in our lives and a sense of just having fun, right? And just being in the moment and giving 100% of yourself to whatever that is, you know, especially your wife and kids, right? And even in your work, right? We can find and have joy and realize that most of it's all temporal anyways, right? What we're doing here on this earth. And so regardless of what you believe, because eventually you're going to die, I'm going to die. And so why not practice joy, right? So the desire for joy, the desire for wanting to be more intentional. Um, these things are not easy. I, I, one thing I can't stand, I just want to say this is I, I, I sometimes struggle with like, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to something and I'm thinking, yeah, but man, they make it sound like they've arrived. And I just want to be clear because nah, I'm, so, no. I'm so far from arriving, right? Anywhere. And, and here's what I like to say. And I use this in the context within the gym right? Because we all have goals, right? And some people have very specific goals. They always want to get to the next thing. And so I always say, listen, goals are awesome. Goals are totally fine. But I would caution, I would caution any one person who's a big goal person to think about as soon as you get and accomplish that goal, you're going to be at another starting line. It's never a finish line. So Goals don't represent finish lines. They just, they represent something different for everyone, probably depending on what it is they, they're wanting to achieve. But one of the things a goal is, it's just something to be accountable to, to make sure you get where it is you desire to be. But when you get there, there's some things that will still remain and unchanged. And so you'll have to then start setting another goal. 
and and even then you realize it's about the process from getting from point A to B. It's not so much the outcome, but we live in an outcome-based society. And we were talking about how to model as parents, you know, and as husbands and fathers, we were talking about how do we do that? If I make it about outcomes all the time and I'm not seeing those outcomes at the rate I'm perceiving I should be seeing them, that's going to be really tough to navigate, man, because we're never going to see them fast enough most of the time. And sometimes those outcomes aren't what we desired. And we got to learn that that's okay. And we don't have to then settle in that moment and say, well, this doesn't work or, oh, yeah, I give up or, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. I just can't do it anymore. Listen, one of the biggest lies right now that is being perpetuated in society is this and because of all the stimulus and being able to see and compare is that I'm, I'm the only one or no one has it this bad, or this isn't happening to anyone else. Um, There's not enough time on a podcast to talk about some of the things we're, we're going through right now or have going on, but, but it's just life. And I loved how you said it, Scott, we're not, you, we can't let the, the bad moment make the whole day bad or the bad week, make the whole week bad or the bad month, make the whole year bad. Right. I mean, it's just part of life, man. We were fashioned to be able to to handle these things, but we weren't meant to, to handle them alone. And we've got to remember we're not alone in this. I, I, I know partly with you, Scott, I know it's a big part of what you're always preaching, you know, healthily modeling about just getting around other men, finding a tribe, finding guys that you can be transparent. With. And it doesn't got to be a lot. It may just be just find one. Um if you don't have anything, get on and listen to Scott's podcast because I know he's pulling on guys who are who are providing valuable content that isn't just you know wishy washy stuff. But because um, we need that and we all need to be reminded, I'm sitting here on this podcast and I'm just saying this for transparency as a man, as a husband, a father, um, someone who's had a lot of experience but still very little and so much to learn. I'm I'm just taking it all in. I'm thinking, man, this is just so good because we're having a conversation and relating as men and having fun. And it seems so basic, but I'm telling you, there's a rich reward in it and it helps us understand and then gain a desire for wanting to actually break things down. And we, we, we got to step up as, as husbands and fathers and we've got to stop. Um, Complacency, um, and the, the big word for me that I've been really talking to a lot of guys about is passivity. And I don't want to really crack that open. So I'll just keep it short, but because there's a lot to that. But right now, we live in a world that makes it really easy for us to be passive as men. And I understand there's things that men, husbands, father, I know that you're going through, but so I don't want to say this in a way that I understand everything you're going through, but I know this, regardless of what it is, I cannot buy into the idea that I can be passive because of it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel like I have the strength or the fortitude or the tools or the resources or the person, right, then, then reach out. The, the first step is I got to be vulnerable enough to say I need help, right? And needing help is not weakness. Need, asking for help to me is a form of courage and strength and things that we tend to look at as because we're, we're taught this, we, we're, we grow up with it. We watch it. We see it. And we almost see it as this kind of like wet dog, you know, 
coming in, you know, needing someone to dry them off or whatever. But that that's that's completely the opposite of the truth. And the truth is, we all need help because remember, it's not because we're so screwed up or so messed up or we've made too many mistakes. It's because we were never made to do it alone, which is why, you know, again, I believe the design of marriage. And that's why I believe God created women for men to, because he didn't want us to be alone. Um, and so that, that is true in so many different ways, even outside of marriage, we need healthy men to men relationships and accountability. So just know we're not meant to do it alone. Um, and I'll get off my pedestal now. So, well, that's a, it's literally a mic drop moment. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm a, in a, the most literal sense because it, that is such, I want to leave that as something for guys to chew on because you know, Sam, you know, this, this is my heart too. It's just find somebody who's going to keep you accountable, but who you can share those deepest, darkest things with your lowest lows, your highest highs, and know that the judgment's not going to be there, but the accountability is going to be there. So I'm going to leave it that simple, but I'm going to also, and I'm putting you on the spot here because I want to have you back on because I want to go more into uh, identity and the passivity conversation, if you will. You don't have to agree to it now, but I do want to, I want to have you back on because we didn't even touch on some of the things that I was incredibly excited to talk to you about. But this conversation for me has been awesome. Like just the things that we've covered are so incredibly imperative to healthy men, women, kids, and relationships. I mean, I'm just like literally... I'm really bad at mic drop because I'm still talking, but it's literally a mic drop. Um, now, guys, Sam, like literally, I kind of just want to throw some of this in here. This isn't a guy who just, you know, it just has, in my opinion, incredible insight into marriage and relationship and kids. Um, you know, Sam, you are uh, you are in the Marine Corps. Um, you two-time combat veteran and a purple heart recipient recipient. I probably should have brought this up at the beginning. You've owned a contracting company. Uh, you, you are the owner of Atalo and the head janitor. I love that. Aren't we all when we've owned gyms, we're the head janitor, um, landscaper. And then you have your thing on your, you, part of your, your property is an event center. Um, you have a degree in biblical theology and associates in criminal science. Like you just have such a rich and deep experience in all so many things that relate to so many different men. The reason I tell everybody that is because this isn't some guy that just went to school and is talking. This is a guy who's lived many lives in many different elements and been in the shoes that most of us have all been in there. And so um, Sam, to wrap it up, we're not going to go into details because I really do want to come back. And I'm, this is kind of like my, um, the way I'm kind of going to hold you to the fire here is I want, I want to get into the identity stuff. Um, and so you do offer a coaching, uh, a coaching offer through uh, identity fit coaching. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, Sam, are you going to come back on? <laughs> you know, it's got, it's, it's funny. I feel this, unintentional pressure to have to say yes um <laughs> it's so unintentional but um no i i don't feel any pressure at all um 
I would I would be I I would be silly to not say yes. Okay. Um, because however I can just to be a part of this adds value to me, and I really hope and believe it's adding value to, to oh, yeah. others. And so and and yes, I'd love to come back and we can talk more about the specific uh, in regards to passivity identity and and just go from there. So yeah, okay, that is cool. a hard yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, I'm not going to leave everybody <laughs> hanging, but seriously, folks, pay attention. Go check out Identity Fit Coaching. We are out of time, so I want to be respectful of time. Sam, like seriously, brother, it's been absolutely incredible talking to you. I really hope that people were tuned in as much as I was tuned in because um, I'm going away from today and I can't say this with every every interview, but I'm going away today with action steps myself. I actually have intentional action steps I am taking away that I will be working on in areas that I found through your conversation that are going to be incredibly imperative and um, pivotal in kind of next level in so in, in certain areas of my life. So in, in transparency to everybody, I learn from these and I am literally taking away notes to put into action. I hope you guys are doing the same. Anything else you want to say before we close out, Sam? No, I, the one thing I, well, I'm saying no, and then I'm talking. So yes, yes. The the only thing I want to say is just more just just directly to you specifically, Scott, and of course anyone that's listening. But but just just know I from a distance and like you talked about watching and you know social media stalking and whatever we want to call that. But I I, I appreciate and just applaud you for what you're doing, and because you know just just in case people don't understand because we're so used to it and I can get on a podcast at any moment at any time and listen to pretty much almost anything I want to in a general sense, like it takes a lot of time and effort and energy and intentionality and just this stuff doesn't just happen. And so I, I just commend and applaud you for getting on and starting and pioneering and doing all the things you're doing for your family and for men specifically to really you know, just, just become a part of that whole brotherhood of fatherhood, um, concept is awesome. And awesome. so I just applaud you for that, man. And, Thank and thanks you. for doing what you're doing. Thank you very much. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you really should, if you have not done so subscribe, uh, there's a really cool feature now that you don't actually have to download all the episodes. Of course, I'd love if you did, but it's, it's a follow feature and we are on Spotify um, we're all over the place. So just, just find brotherhood of fatherhood podcast, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure and folks just do that because he's going to be back on and you want to, you want to tune in because I'm reading through the notes of things he wants to talk about and, you know, identity and passivity are, are a few of them, but honestly, there are so, there are so many things left to be talked about that, that Sam has very strong feelings about. And I want to kind of dig into, so Keep watching and thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.